Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. Formally introduced you, but Dr. Fox is here. I can't believe, you know, I hate starting podcasts like with a formal introduction. Like it's always better to just roll into a conversation. We had like a three minute pre-recording convo, but Dr. Fox, you know, you just appeared on my radar out of nowhere and so glad I got to connect with you and you're, you're, you've been running a site. You've, can you tell us a little bit about your site? Like it's actually pretty crazy how many providers you have working with you. Yeah. It's amazing. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me on. No, I'm, I am uh, the director of research at the second largest multi-specialty clinic in the state. In so, Indiana, right? Well, it's Illinois. Illinois. Oh, for some reason, I thought you were yeah. in Indiana. Okay, Illinois. Yeah. Where Illinois. in Illinois are you? Uh, the central Illinois area. Okay. So hundreds of physicians, every specialty you can think of. And then as a result, um, Everything from research goes across my desk. I have full visibility to all of the CROs, all of the contracts, all of the negotiated rates that people are trying to throw into the industry. I'm seeing it all. I feel like, you know, the Illinois wait, godfather wait. over here. All right. Let, let's slow down first because there's so much even right there. So first of all, it's way bigger than I thought. And so how many studies are you doing like in a year, would you say? You're saying? Um, We'll average between 30 to 75 a year. Wow. That's goals, uh, man. Yeah. And but, where I mean, exactly, like, are all your sites in central Illinois, like in one city, or like you spread out in different towns, or how, how does that work? Uh, it's spread out. So we're at the capital of Illinois, we're Springfield right now. But then our clinic, of course, it's a clinical network. It's across most of central Illinois. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they broke state borders someday. They're They're growing pretty quickly. So where do you, like, you live in Springfield? Is that where you run mm-hmm. the show? 
Yeah. Do you make mm-hmm. it out to your site? How many sites do you have like throughout the throughout uh, the region? Well, define site. So it's we have as many sites as the clinical network has space or as a, as the clinicians have offices, right? Okay. So, you know, we're there to serve our clinic. So if they have uh if they have, they have to do a trial, you know, 40 minutes away, we'll go out there. We're starting to fix that. We're starting to do some different infrastructures where we're going to have some home bases here and there to try to alleviate a lot of the travel. I like but, that. But yeah. when monitors come, for example, like they mm-hmm. go to where your doctor's office is, right? No, we, we have a special home for them. We can take ah. care of them. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's why a lot of the monitors say, I love your place. It's the best thing ever. Cause you know, they got like the red carpet for monitors. But, uh, <laughs> that's cool. Um, it's sounds similar to what I'm trying to do here in Yuma, but we just started last year. Um, but we already have like three sites. Like you say, how do you define a site? We have three sites, but mm-hmm. one like main site, but we don't even have our own place yet. Like we're that new. We're just in oh, man. three different doctor offices, but one of them happens to be bigger. So that's our home base. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to start somewhere. So mm-hmm. is that, mm-hmm. how are your sites doing? Your trials doing pretty well? Doing yeah. Okay? You know, um, I got um, five studies now. It's been, I moved out here July, 2021. So it's just over a year. I just hired my first two coordinators uh, four months ago, research Mm -hmm. naive. I really only needed one, but the second one came through and you don't get talent like that in Yuma. Like, so I hired her. Uh, We got it. We're overstaffed, but I've been training them these last three, four months. We're about to start a new study, which I'm really excited about. Um, so we only have like three studies we can actually enroll on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the first one I got is one I should have never taken, but because it's the first one, I maybe we can talk about how some of these studies really suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but beggars couldn't be choosers, and I took it just to give my PI experience, yeah. if nothing else. But we cannot. The sponsor is not working with us. We had a dermatologist that didn't want to do it anymore, and that's a necessary sub-I we needed. And I found another sub-I, but they don't, the sponsor doesn't want to add them. So, like, they don't care, man. And that's a 90% screen fail rate in that study. Did you get any patients on? Five screen fails. Five screen fails. <laughs> and I haven't yeah. built for the screen fails yet because, I don't know. I just didn't feel like doing it, but I don't think we're oh, going to randomize. We're not going to randomize oh. in that one. Well, it, it sounds like they were handing you a pretty tricky trial to begin with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's one that yeah. if it came today, I wouldn't take it. But since it came at yeah. the time it did, I was like, awesome. And that yeah. startup fee paid for the first employee and yeah. non-refundable. So sometimes things do work out in our favor, mm-hmm. although you don't like to take those studies as a side owner. But it's just the reality of it. Yeah. Well, it's always a risk assessment, right? Not just the, the trial dynamics and the d- development of the trial, but also like the sponsor behaviors mm-hmm. and uh, and the risk assessment for them. Man, like, I've been crazy. I've become such a fan of your posts, like you and Brad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew Brad for a while, but you came out of nowhere. So, what was your decision to come out of the like behind the um, I don't know, like shrouds, <laughs> the veil? like. Yeah, well, like, why? Why? Because I know a lot of site owners doing, like, really well. You never hear about them. And that's how they want to mm-hmm. keep it. No, I, so a lot of mine came from, you know, I, I was, well, I was here in Illinois for a while. I actually moved from Illinois to New Jersey, 
California and then back to Illinois in a matter of about two and a half years. Right. So I was all over the place. And the reason why I came back to Illinois was actually I had a daughter. She ended up passing away. And uh, I'm sorry. To hear so, that. well, she, she passed away. But then here I am, the scientist at a research site driven by translational research, because there's literally people dying because we don't have therapies for them. And I come here on this site and I am just infuriated, like what happens here and what you see at the clinical site level is exactly why we don't have these technologies. We could have had so many other things oh in the gosh. market now. So, so that happened the, just recently or like last year? Or? Uh, my daughter passed away on Christmas Day 2019. So oh a couple my years gosh. Ago. But fortunately, like right, right before COVID, right? So it's really, really convenient for that. Wow. So when I came into the clinical research realm, I actually had the lens of industry. I was a project manager at Global Tech, Global Pharma, you know, I was there and I knew exactly what happened on the other side. And then I see the garbage that's presented to clinical sites. And I'm thinking, what in the world's going on here? And at first I thought, well, maybe I'm just missing something, right? I'm thrown into the clinical site world. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe they just do this process somewhere else. And it took about two years, two and a half years, where I finally realized, no, they're just completely negligent and illegal towards sites. And something has to happen. So I started fighting back. I started fighting back on the payments. I started escalating. And finally, someone sent me an email one year saying, hey, vote for these SRS Eagle Awards. Vote for us because we're awesome. And I just sent him a blatant email back. And I said, I will never vote for you. And here's why. And I had rec recorded cases and documents of every single time that they screwed my site over. What were some of the, like, the biggest reasons that you can remember? Oh, it, uh, most of it was payments. Payments, uh, 18 months long. We, we provide service for 18 months without pay. Um, the bait and switches, <laughs> regulat regulatory amendments that are signed without legal authorization. Uh, it's just, you name Seriously? it. Seriously, who's signing? who's signing it? Well, so what will happen is the reg team is in a hurry to get the regulatory amendment signed on a protocol, right? Yeah. Oh, we got to get this protocol signed. Boom. Turns out it's like a three-year extension on the protocol, and they don't have a legal document that protects that, right? So your your legal document's only for a two-year trial. And then the regs add three years, and so now you're just kind of doing research without a contract. For free. For free. Or do they yeah. plan on paying you? That's uh, never well, that I know of. That's never happened to me, but I need to look out for I that now. <laughs> you got to watch out for that. Wow. I just we just closed just now, we just closed a contract with a really big pharma company and their regulatory amendment was signed in March. And they just now delivered the legal contract for a two-year extension. It's mostly the big pharmas that do this stuff, no? Uh, most of the time it's the fragmented pharma. And so by fragment, I mean anyone who relies on, you know, CROs to do regulatory and then some other teams doing clinical and someone else is doing finance. They just don't talk to each other. Do you blame the do, CROs for this or do you blame like sponsors? Fragmentation. It's not, it's not the CRO in general. It's just a bunch of teams with a bunch of ambitious goals. that don't talk to each other. So, and the sites are kind of yeah. like, Hey, you know what? You're going to yeah. do this anyway. So here you go. <laughs> well, I mean, for us, it's, we have patients' lives on the line. We have therapies online. These patients are on a trial. We've got to take care of them. And so I think a lot of times with sites, they, they bite the bullet. They take the risk to make sure their patients are okay. 
and then we try to work everything out on the back end. That's true because even like when a patient, I had a patient recently that was, we randomized according to protocol, everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And the next day sponsor said, Hey, it's not your fault, but our central ECG reader manually calculated the QTC and said, it's now over the threshold. So take her out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But on paper, it was fine. QTC was fine. NCS, it was fine. After the manual review, of the uh-huh. central radiology, which was the next day, they're like, "Hey," and it's technically it a deviation. Um, and patient thought something's wrong with her. She's like, "Oh, you know, we have to explain." And she just got the IP, so she was like really looking forward to relief from pain. It's a pain study, and yeah, we had to tell her like, "Hey, you know, like." So I totally get what you're saying, actually. But yeah. sites really like these are human beings. Like sponsors look at them as numbers and subjects. We actually look at them like we know their name. We know things about their family, especially at the mm-hmm. smaller, like my level oh, yeah. where I know like everything about them when they sit there for four hours, like you, you learn yeah. everything about them. Yeah. Oh, well, and when you do those long-term trials, like a lot of the rheumatology trials are super long-term. I mean, we had a room trial. I think it's still going. It's like 13 years old. You get to know these people. Part of the, you see their, you see their children growing up and you care about them. So, I mean, are you really going to stop helping them because the sponsors aren't giving you a contract? No. And I think sometimes I think that's pinned against us. You know, we, you know they, they let this happen because we do it no matter what for the patient, but then they kind of let things slip on their end. Yeah. So we got to be real careful how we do that. I think there's this like strong thesis in our industry, and it's probably a lot of truth to it, that clinicians are not good business people and pharma usually maybe not take advantage of it, but they know, Hey, you know, it's not in our best interest to look out for them. Like they're just not good business mm-hmm. people. So let doctors be doctors is what they say. Mm-hmm. And what that actually translates into is like, let's screw them over if we can. Seriously. <laughs> okay. So you're a small site, right? Yeah. So my guess is when you do budget negotiations, it's probably like just you looking at an Excel spreadsheet or whatever they give you. Yeah. And it's, it's you versus an army of lawyers on the other side. It's my That's business genuine. partner, Chris, but yeah, basically yeah. he's really good at but, it. Though. Yeah. He's really good. I mean, you and Chris, you and Chris are going up against people who are trained at like, you know, they're lawyers and they're trained and their entire goal is to make sure that you accept the lowest possible number. <laughs> Not necessarily what it takes to do the trial because they want to meet some weird, unrealistic budget. But the goal is it's it, so going back to you know how how did i get on the radar what happened so for years it was literally me feeling like it was me against the world because all of these contracts were coming toward me i was addressing them and i mean they they just bombard you man our study team wants this it's always us versus you and you know explain this explain that and it got tiresome Mm -hmm. that one email to the eagle award sparked some pretty big escalation in a large cro to the point where what? Wow. to the point where it was I said I will never vote for you and here's why and they stepped up and they said they they blasted across their entire administration they said fix this now and so as a result I started making some really good friends and one of those friends in the CRO world says you really need to talk to SCRS you really need to talk to SCRS so I started talking to SCRS I read about Christine Pierre. I learned about what they Rest did. Rest in peace, yeah. Yep. And then 
once I got into SCRS, I started following the LinkedIn path. And I, I call him Algorithm Bob. Algorithm Bob is a smart guy. So he started recommending that I watch Brad Hightower. Yeah. And of course, you know, that's like Brad Hightower is like the gateway influencer because he's like, all of these people are following him. So then I started listening to him and I said, ah, maybe, you know, it's all the sites that were talking to him and all the troubles they're going through. And I thought, I'm not alone. I may as well join the group. So from February on, I started my own company. I started speaking up for site rights. Or what do you I mean? Started... Your comp- oh, the company. Okay. So I noticed that one on LinkedIn. So that's brand new. Uh, CRPN is about eight months old now. So about you know, oh, back okay, in February. Okay. So, um, but it's the same thing. So it's designed to be specific for financial services for sites. I'm tired of sites getting screwed over. And I want to make sure they have what they need to succeed. So financial solutions are one thing. But the other thing I've been doing over the past few years is I've been collecting metrics and behaviors on sponsors and CROs. And I've actually developed a credit score. All of them. Well, hold on. So, <laughs> so I love this because just like they grade us, or at least they used to. I don't know if they still do oh, anymore. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they still. Do. Nobody talks about it anymore. But like I remember 2016, they're like, "Watch out!" They're like keeping track of mm-hmm. how quickly you respond. You don't really hear that no more. But it's, it's probably just like part of the business now. But you're doing the same thing. To them now. Yeah. Yeah. I have I, I love three, this, man. I have three years of data and metrics on the sponsors and CROs <laughs> I work with. And remember I told you I work with every single one of them. Okay, so who's the so, best? Like who's number one right now? Oh, I can't I can't plug them. Can't plug them. Do They're we all... know them? Is it a household name? Yes. The best? Yes. And who's the worst? And do we know them? Is it a household name? <laughs> um I, I won't name them by name, but there are some that I call the predatory pharmaceutical development companies. Really? So yeah. there is a cat there's a group that you figured out through data and lots of data that you've analyzed. Mm-hmm. And obviously the bigger your network gets, the more data you're gonna have. Mm-hmm. And what are yeah. some of the key metrics that you use, like some of the most so, important ones? It's a cute little acronym. So it's actually called a PAC score, P-A-C-T. Okay. And it's just that. So the P stands for promises. Uh, A is access. C is choice. And T is trust. So among all of those, I have a bunch of different variables to understand how risky a sponsor or a CRO is to work with a site. And the number one obvious one is, uh, do they pay their bills on time? Right? That, that's a big one. And I think the answer is most people don't. <laughs> but then there's a lot of other variables that you really have to consider when it comes to risk with sites. Do they demand uh, withholding or holdback? Sure. Do they have invoiceable windows of forfeit? Use it or lose it. Right. Uh, communication pathways. You know, all of these different things form packs to the point where I can give you a score. The maximum score right now is 17.2. The perfect sponsor in the world would have a 17.2. The lowest sponsor that I have right now is about 6.4. And what's the highest sponsor? Um, 14.7, I think. Wow. And the average? The average is, you just said? The average is just around 10. Okay. So, yeah, and it's interesting. 
I like that, man. You can't yeah. change what you can't track or what you don't measure. They say that in weight yeah. loss. Why not <laughs> do mm-hmm. it? Why hasn't SCRS done something like this? Or like, I mean, they're huge. Well, that's that's interesting. So maybe we can talk about working with SCRS to do this sometime. I think that they're working more toward a guidance of a lot of things, not necessarily metrics. Yeah. I mean, given, they take those site landscape surveys every year. They have percentages. They They survey the sites. It's very possible that, that if willing, they could help us to collect metrics impact score just so that we can have a good and comprehensive number. And I, I tell it to the sponsors like a, a, a wearable, right? Sometimes when you, we get biometrics, we don't like what it has to say, hmm. but it helps us to and tells <laughs> us to be better, right? You, you don't uh, like yeah. that. You know, see what I mean? So if you yeah. really want to make something better, first, let's measure it. Let's see where we're at. And then let's try to figure out ways to make it better. I remember putting a CGM on me um, just like a few months ago and like watching my glucose spike, depending on what I ate. I'm like, wow, you know, how many times I ate this without wearing this? <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it make, makes you wonder exactly where your blood glucose went when you were eating all of that. <laughs> so that's amazing, other... man. I didn't well, know you're doing all this cool stuff. Well, I've got another one, and it actually came even when I was mowing a lawn. I got a big, long lawn. But I thought, isn't it ironic in this industry where we are so dedicated to patient consent, right? And we treat our patients with the utmost respect. We're transparent with them. We give them an informed consent. We're going to follow this protocol. We do regulatory. I think it's so ironic that the same people who are serving our patients like this are treated in such deplorable ways in almost an inhumane and literally illegal way. So then I thought... You think so? Like, um, are you you talking about, like, sites? Like, is how sponsors... Yeah. Yeah. Sponsors are treating... Yeah. I'll put... I mean, I I can't believe I'm taking the devil's advocate because I agree. I'm, like, site advocate for sure. But, (laughs) you know, I've had terrible sponsors too. But I, Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, not overly critical of how they are like i just took it as that's how they are because they're big big pharma and they can do whatever they want but if i'm a site like i just gotta take what i get right i'll negotiate but what do you mean by deplorable like how or illegal like okay do you can you have some examples um okay so i was literally just denied a trial because i uh escalated poor behavior Poor business behavior. Ah, okay. Right? Okay. So it wasn't because of my sites. It wasn't because of our patient population. It was literally because I said, hey, you really shouldn't treat sites like that. Your pushback. pushback. Yeah, that's not right. And the answer was, well, I, I we're not comfortable doing this trial anymore. I don't really like how you present yourself. That's what I was That's told. the I was answer. That was the, I was so aren't you worried, man? Right? Like, let's get to the heart of this thing because you here you are, successful site owner, like when did you start the site? We didn't even get into that. Like, oh no, I'm I'm directing a site for a big clinic, so right, I don't own the site. Uh, I got you. Okay, directing a site, so. big clinic in in Illinois, Central Illinois, mm-hmm. and you you all this stuff comes across your desk, and you're like, okay, you know, this is terrible. And then was the death of your daughter? Did that? Did that? Was that like kind of the catalyst that made you think, all right, you know what? We got to get more transparent about this. Like, mm-hmm. was that really what pushed you over? Yeah. 
that, that what it drove me crazy. I mean, primarily because I know a lot of people who this research that we're doing right now, their children are depending on it. Their lives are depending on it. And yeah, it had to be yeah. some driving force like that because wouldn't you like you you know the old saying like don't rock the boat too much like you're yeah. doing good like why why risk it you know you're already yeah. losing study now because of this like slow down mm-hmm. daniel like doesn't anyone tell you this oh yeah you know squeaky <laughs> wheels get replaced right so i i, I know but i also know you know especially talking with the scrs group and a lot of the other advocates that it's really important that we continue this progress um you know and this is exactly what Christine Pierre was wanting, right? We mm-hmm. need to have our sites be able to serve our patients in a very fast way. Yeah. Um, so, and the other part is the PAC score is one thing, but uh, going back to what I was saying is I actually wrote a good clinical business practice training um, so that it could be a training that sponsors and CROs could take to demonstrate their willingness to be partners with sites. And so, wow, that's a bag. Of, that's a bag of worms, man. Partner, no, but it, I mean, it it works and it makes sense. So, um, I have I've been asked so many different times, how can I be a better sponsor? I hear you saying all this stuff, but I'm doing everything I can. You know, what can I do to be a better sponsor? And so I I tell them every single time, and it turned out to be so repetitive. I'm like, I'm just gonna make a training out of this. I'm tired of saying the same story. Train? Has anyone been trained from sponsor on it yet? Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) The uh, it's all drafted. Give them a training, Doctor Fox, and make them log in some portal. Uh, Yeah. Hey, extra (laughs) portal for everyone, right? (laughs) If you do your training, your credit score increases. Pharma. You're you're spot on, Dan. Yes, very much so. So, and, and there's there's Man, there's is... the theory. So you caught. Wow. So you take the training. You reduce the risk to sites. Your credit score increases, and your negotiations improve. That's seriously. That's that's the model, dude. Like the reason I'm laughing is not because I think it's necessarily funny. I think what you're doing is. So obviously needed, but so uh, unheard of. I mean, yeah, I've just been used to taking it from sponsor. Like whatever they say, all right, all right, give me a study. Like, and you're like pushing back. I've never seen this before. Even Brad doesn't do this. Well, it gets well. I can tell you about it later, but uh, <laughs> CRPN is their financial solution is actually a lot different than a lot of the things that you might have seen. But it's essentially applying the language of healthcare into the world of research, the language of financial healthcare. So just to put it into perspective, I know I, I saw that confusing face so many times at SCRS, but just to put it into perspective, when you look at the language of healthcare, what happens? You've got insurance companies going to healthcare facilities and establishing contracts, right? And then you've got insurance companies providing premium to patients who they pay a premium, they get an insurance card. You got patients going into the clinics, providing their insurance card and then getting care. Right. That's how healthcare works. Mm -hmm. So imagine in research where the sponsor is the site's patient sponsor gets a healthcare card because they're paying a premium to access an in-network group of research sites. So CRPN has contracts with each of those sites. 
the sponsor gets a membership card. They come into your site, say, we're CRPN members. You're a CRPN site partner. Here's our card. You say, we've already got a contract in place for negotiations. No need to do that. So let's get, get the legal work in way and get the, get the study started. So I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on BCT because yesterday mm-hmm. I had – actually, you commented on the post. Thank you. So those two guys mm-hmm. I had on, they're complete mm-hmm. outsiders, but they're super sharp from big tech. Yep. They came in. We ended up talking about DCT, and they're like, oh, we're so confused what that means. I was like, don't worry. <laughs> we are too. I believe – and this is where I get like super skeptical and cynical of Big Farm. I'm not like a fan or advocate of Big Pharma at all. Mm-hmm. They want to replace sites despite what they say. All right, it's nonsense, man. Come on. You think that we're sites are their partners because they like us? No, they have to. There's no other way they're going to get access to patients without mm-hmm. us. DCT virtual trials was at first. Remember that that came before DCT. The the yeah. buzz was virtual trials. That was a more direct way of saying, hey, sites, piss off. You know, this is coming. Like, we're going to get our patients through some network. Some algorithm's going to give us patients. They realize it doesn't happen without doctors. Mm-hmm. And actual clinicians in the community providing care, bringing research as part of what they do, that's the best way to get patients. Everybody knows that. But in Ivory Tower, they don't know that. So then they mm-hmm. came out with this DCT. Well, no, it's never been to replace the sites. It was always a hybrid we just it becomes about empowering the patient when in reality they're overburdening patients with more e-pros than they've ever had i I could go on forever about this so what are your thoughts on this whole thing like do you agree with me am i wrong right do you have like a different angle first challenge for you dan i i I could show you the powerpoint someday but one can go to etrade.com right it's 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 all uh, public knowledge Go to etrade.com and look up across the window of COVID, December 2019 to December 2021, right? Look up the Dow Jones as a comparator and three of your favorite large CROs. I'm not going to name them, but <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's your challenge. And I've, I've got the I've got the printout on a slide somewhere, but do that sometime and you'll see what happens. And spoiler alert, what happened is by the <laughs> end of December 2021, all of those large global CROs were literally twice the value of the Dow Jones. Twice the value. That was huge, right? And you look at all the quotes from the sponsor, or the CROs, the, the CEOs of the CROs, right? Oh, world record year, man. We're doing great. This is great. Mm-hmm. You know, life's good. And then you move over to the site side where you can quote a lot of things from the groups like ACRP and SCRS and a lot of, a lot of those. Where you're, we're still near the 60% mark where most sites don't have more than 90 days cash on hand, mm-hmm. right? Um, August 2020, when COVID was really bad, uh, just over 33% of sites across ACRP's uh, surveyed groups considered permanent closure, mm-hmm. right? They're suffering. A lot of those groups are happening. It's very possible that sites are being starved maybe intentionally, as a result, if we starve them out to justify going straight to the patients. So you think, wow, I never even thought about that, like that added layer. Because yeah. I I mean, I know like we have a unofficial site network. We have like a monthly subscription. We help sites get 
studies. We help them do their budgets. We should probably collab on something soon. Mm-hmm. But like, there's budget aspect. There's SOP, like shoulder to cry on all that stuff. It's we do that, and the majority of our clients have done really well last year. You know, like if you could have survived that 2020 like initial onslaught, like you brought up, yeah. like you you've kind of grown maybe not at the same rate as the CROs, but you've also done well for -hmm. yourself. Um, But you're saying that there was maybe an attempt to suffocate the sites and it didn't work. Wouldn't you know it as soon as the sites are suffering because we're not getting paid by the CROs, that's when DCTs came up and run. (laughs) Man, you're a genius, Dr. Fox. (laughs) I mean, now that's now we're talking like conspiracy theory well, stuff yeah, here. Well, yeah, like Alex Jones, you're gonna get me banned on YouTube. I know I'm gonna get like, a laser <laughs> pointer on my head, but it's you know you just put you put you know three and two together and you get a crazy number. But uh, I mean it's possible. But here's the thing: Interesting. You know, when D- DCTs are up and running, and my first reaction was, and I was on a number of the advisory groups, but my first reaction was, you need to fix the infrastructure you have before you layer this get it. The technology could allow you to expand enrollment. I understand it, but you're building it on a shaky foundation. You're not even keeping the promises that you have now with a one-party agreement. What do you think is going to happen when you have a 13-party agreement? It's just not going to work. So mm-hmm. you're you're building it on a, on a poor infrastructure. Yeah. Nobody, you, you think nobody these tech, to me. You think these tech companies that are burning at like incredible rates and their funding is completely dried up in 2022 are going to wait 180 days for a payment hell no they're going to pull the plug on that so fast Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, anyway things are very frustrating at the site level and it's frustrating from an industry level but it's always been that way you know like do you think it's gotten better since uh no it has gotten far far worse there are uh, even in 2009 i don't know if you follow robert califf He's our current FDA commissioner, and I have the highest respects for him. 2009, he wrote an article that was talking about financial insolvency for clinical sites and how we really need to make sure that they have what they need to do their research. So I remember those times, yeah. Yeah, they've been calling for this for over a decade now. And we're just now starting to raise awareness. And like, for example, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a big thing. It's finally connecting the sites to where they can talk to each other. They can kind of share notes. It's finally breaking this culture of sites feeling like they're against each other. Mm-hmm. They're kind of uniting. The old union word is kind of thrown around there for sites, you know, right now. Yeah. But I think that you're, you are looking at the age of a revolution in clinical research. And as I said before, Dan Safera is the pioneer and the father of modern clinical <laughs> research. Because wild man, he's he's the one that led the charge long before we were even thinking about it. Unknowingly, man, you know mm-hmm. this. Uh, that's interesting. You know when I first decided to start in 2010, in 2009, I read this book by Gary Vaynerchuk. Crush it, love that guy. He can do no wrong. The rest of his career <laughs> to me in my book. I, I was so excited. I, I took it to my uh, consultant. I hired this big time consultant. I hired him. Really, I hired him to help get me studies. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, well, I could introduce you to connections. But really, like, I focus on your operations. But if we work together long enough, I'll 
probably help you. So I really was paying him for mm-hmm. QA just to like hopefully one day get me leads, right? Mm-hmm. I ran this idea by him. I'm like, I'm going to start this YouTube channel because I think like site, there's got to be other sites like me that don't know what the hell they're doing. He's like, no, no, mm-hmm. his exact words, man. Don't do that. Pfizer's going to sue you. Yep. Yep. That fear. And that, that it didn't stop me. I was like, I thought about it. I'm like, well, this guy obviously knows a lot more than I do, but it doesn't sound right. And if they do, I'm just going to use that as leverage because I think mm-hmm. YouTube's stronger than Pfizer lawsuit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like at that time, YouTube was getting big. So I was like, yeah, I'll still, I respect your opinion. I'm going to do it. Uh, but a lot of sites have that mentality. Like people are telling them, hey, Take it easy, man. Yep. Like Dr. Yep. Fox, what are you doing? Like, calm down, man. These you don't want to bark up that tree. Yeah. That tree will fall on you, yeah. like Jay Z said. Yep. <laughs> you, you don't you don't want to blacklist yourself. And, yeah. I, and I've I've had a lot of people say you gotta be real careful. And I don't know if you read my LinkedIn messages or the the forums, most of them. but most of them. Uh they've they've softened since the beginning and they've become a little more tactful, a little more positive. There's mm. still some, there's still some concern. There's still some frustration that goes through it, but a lot of it, and I do make it a goal. If I do raise a concern, I want to at least propose a solution at the end. I don't want it to leave at frustration. Bad taste. <laughs> yeah. The the goal is I just, I want to introduce the problem and then I want a possibility. I want a solution. And that kind of forces me because you can't live in negativity forever. You just no. can't. No, but that's but, what it works on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> Negativity. Yes, well, works. people, 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 you know, toxicity gives you a high. Anger is a high. All that adrenaline, it's good, but it's not where you want to end, which mm-hmm. is why I made that Christmas song. I don't know if you saw the Christmas song, I'm, but. Yeah, I saw, man. I'm sorry. I could have. Yours was great, but like the one that you're. Or is that announced? Like, never mind. Maybe I should have uh, said it. Yeah. Hint, hint. No, we'll, we'll uh, talk. <laughs> okay. We'll wait for that one. Guys, uh-huh. it's gonna be big time. Follow everybody. Go follow Doctor Fox for sure, especially yeah. on LinkedIn. Oh yeah, yeah. No, on that note, I'm I'm here for clinical research. I'm here as a servant. If you know, I, I don't want them to shut me down. I just want to be that positive site source that the sites can look for. You know, someone else is speaking up. Maybe I could speak up, but I also want to be that positive collaborator for sponsors and CROs. You know, we're the sites. We're here to help you. Uh, well, we want to make sure that your your research is performed perfectly. And I want to, you know, I'm here to help. I like what you're doing. I respect it. So here's my, it's not a pushback, but it's a observations from 17 years now. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be, especially the bigger sites, like, I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to throw them under the bus. But I've, I meet these people at conferences all the time. And they're sites, right? But they're so big, they've gotten so big, and they're they're forming networks to the point where they're basically trying to separate themselves from us peons, you know, like mm-hmm. a small sites. They're like, no, 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 no. Like when they talk to you, a pharma, they're like, no, no, that's that's them. This is us. Mm-hmm. We're on your side. And I yeah. think in many respects, like. You're actually giving them, you, Brad, maybe even me, we're giving them more ammo to say, hey, you want to work with those guys? You want to rather work with us? We're mm-hmm. on your side. You know, we yeah. don't need more sites. They don't want more sites to be successful anyways. There's a lot mm-hmm. of sites mad at me for teaching people how to start sites. They're yeah. like, no, no, we don't want more competition. So 
there's that clashing mentality Gosh. of established sites versus you, you, Brad, maybe me, throw me in there too. Like somebody, maybe we both win. I don't know what's going to happen, but like, aren't you afraid? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? First of all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to cast yourself as some kind of an outcast or rebel. You don't want to be that person that nobody wants to work with. Too late. Right? <laughs> Too late. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's becoming more and more positive. So prime example, mm. I just got the offer. Sponsor wants to join CRPN as a member. A very sponsor. first sponsor. A sponsor. So they finally saw it. They said, we see what you're doing. We understand what you're doing. CRPN's overall goal is to reduce the cost of research completely. Mm -hmm. And so sponsors love it. Mm -hmm. Fast, time efficient. You know, we don't have to worry about all this back and forth with sites on, on contracts. We can come in, get our research done, get out, and save a bunch of money. They're loving it. So, you know, that would be kind mm -hmm. of like my, that's what I'm trying to do to offer. And as far as the big sites go, it, it's, it's, disappointing that they're not looking at patient populations as the only reason you know why we're here if you know we're gonna oh get yeah them they're beyond that not, i mean like, these guys are beyond that yeah <laughs> that's unfortunate that's unfortunate yeah. they won't say they're beyond that but the way they talk is yeah um don't you get a lot of pushback also like oh well how are you, we've done smos in the past what are you how is this different yeah well they said the smo thing but it it's not really an SMO, really. I mean, I guess you could provide some of the services for sites as this in the mm -hmm. CRO-ish world, more of like a consultant than anything. But I don't think it's as much of an SMO as it is a third-party payer. Mm -hmm. Because not really managing it, not really doing the trial itself, literally just offering financial solutions for the sponsors and for the CROs and for the sites. Yeah, it's the way I see it, it's like the best of both worlds. It's kind of similar mm -hmm. to our service, our network, um, the sites remain independent. We mm -hmm. just help them kind of achieve their goals. And we yeah. really try to get more research naive doctors doing research too in underserved you know, communities. PI grooming is a thing. And I'm so glad you're doing that. Uh, the 70% the of physicians are one and done now when it comes to research that's mm -hmm. come out for a couple years now. And for us to be able to incentivize our physicians to continue research, I think it's a big perfect. So, yeah, and knows. maybe that's the pushback against the established the establishment sites that think they're better because well we're you know we're they go mm -hmm. to all the they don't go to the site conf they go to the sponsor conferences they go to DIA bio oh, um, yeah. they can afford to go yeah this is an interesting industry man I mean I've it's the only one I've ever been a part of so I don't really have any comparison but at least I think it's interesting I on the pharma side it's a lot different course you know everyone's got their pain points and their pressure points but those conferences on pharma you know they all scream about sites and how terrible we are right so yeah i yeah. mean you know you know even on finance world if you think about it finance world has a lot of similarities compared to clinical research so. you got this fragmented do you think um you know this next recession mm -hmm. there's talk that it like the long tail of the biotechs are kind of going to get slowed down or mm -hmm. big pharma is going to get bigger basically at the end of this, however long it takes, 10 years, big pharma is going to be bigger. Do you think that's good or bad for us as sites? I mean, how they're already big. 
They're some they're of the biggest big. in the world. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to get bigger, what would be the impact of them being bigger now compared to then? They can already buy the world. I'm not sure if pharma getting bigger is really going to result in a consequence for any of us. I think so, because right now, like the majority of this, let's see, I have five studies, right? Three of them are very small farm oh, biotech you've never heard of. They're actually pleasant to work with. Mm-hmm. And two of them are huge and not so pleasant to work with. Anecdotally, I don't know. They would fit into your credit score model, probably somewhere <laughs> about right to where I peg them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you eliminate the smaller ones, in my opinion, you're just all your experiences now become. Well, first of all, less competition, right? So I can tell Pfizer, hey, no, I don't want your arthritis study right now. or I, I'm not that desperate for your OA study because mm-hmm. I have another one and I'm very happy with the sponsor I have. Yep. So we'll rather just give them more patients than accept your crappy budget and yep. terms for your, like for the opportunity to work with you. But if that mm-hmm. goes away, we kind of lose leverage of sites in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point too. So you're saying like the bigger they get, the less leverage we might have just to kind of assign slots to the trials. Of course, you know, no one Pfizer, they may just go buy that pharma company that you work with. Well, they will. They will. Yeah, they will. (laughs) Me and my PI joke about this all the time. Let's work with these companies before they get acquired and get corrupted. (laughs) That's literally what we say. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, so yeah, that's a good point. Uh, As far as supply and demand goes, if you increase the pressure over on the sponsor side, that, that could influence us. But then I, you also have to look at like the condensation of uh, research sites as well. Like you said, these big networks that are coming through, they're starting to gobble up all the sites. What's it going to look It's Maybe it's just them working with the really big pharma. That's what uh, I'm worried. That's what I'm worried. That's my fear. Uh, yeah. So it's just, they keep getting gobbled up. So. Cause do you remember I, uh, the preferred site model? Like in 09, 2010, mm-hmm. At the end of that last recession, right? You heard of that a lot. Like you didn't hear virtual mm-hmm. trial or anything. It was before that, but you heard preferred site network. I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I kept hearing from colleagues. Aren't you a preferred site for Akivia? I'm like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. We do a lot of studies with yeah. them, but what does that mean? And they're like, no, no, Dan, that means you're not in the it crowd. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. You know, you're not a preferred site. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is that? And then it just kind of went away. Wow. Well, and now we've got what well, the SIPs, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the the all of those things, and I guess that turns into kind of like a pressure. Because I remember, you remember when SIP came out, you had to you were only getting it by invitation. Yes, I don't know if you remember that. Yes, so the the preferred site actually just turned into something a little more virtual. exactly, and that, and actually, that came at the end of that last recession too. So mm-hmm. history rhymes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have sites all over the place saying, "Where am I going to get trials? I don't know where to get trials. How do I fill my pipeline?" Right. It's mm-hmm. one of the big things that I hear from a lot of my sites, and that's you know we'll get there. We'll get on that networking place. Maybe maybe CRPN is turning into a preferred sponsor business model. I think so. I think that's like the solution. So yeah, stuff like that. Like site networks really have become the new SMO, but like best of yeah. both worlds. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And and they're only going to grow bigger. It, it's kind of like one of those you really have to kind of group up with someone to survive in the industry. Yeah. The you know, the the single sites out there trying to fight an entire industry it just it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. 
Man, we can do this for we gotta go live. I told uh Brad, me, you, Brad, and Robert, we could just riff. I just wanted to get your well, last few thoughts. I guess what was your take? What was your visceral reaction when you read that Pfizer partner with Marvel? <laughs> Probably similar to what the comments said, like you know, it's obviously like a marketing group in Pfizer who has no idea how very non-compliant they are in their clinical trials. You know, uh, their their legal and their financial responsibilities are so negligent there uh, that it, it was kind of like, wow, you know, you want to take care of the patients you have before we have some new projects here. But odds are, you know, Pfizer's so big they they don't know they don't know each other. It's just one big giant name. Uh, so that was the first one, but at the same time, it it could foster a new generation of people who are more accepting of clinical research. Mm. Oh, Maybe. Pfizer! I read about them when I was a kid. Maybe I'm more willing to work with pharma. Maybe it could help to break some stigmas. Uh, so I mean, I could see the benefit of it, uh, yeah. but at the same time, it's from from my perspective, it's very frustrating. Yeah. I really think they squandered opportunity, opportunity of a lifetime with COVID. Mm-hmm. Everyone oh, yeah. was rooting for pharma, man. I've never seen a world where the entire world was rooting for Pfizer and Moderna. Mm-hmm. Like, when have we ever like thought of Pfizer as heroes? Well, everyone, myself included, and the yeah. way they kind of dropped the. It's all execution, maybe like science, shaky science, bad execution, horrible PR horrible PR <laughs> squandered man it's such an opportunity lost if you think about it mm-hmm. oh oh yeah definitely they could have really changed their image in many many different they ways. did change their logo though they changed their logo they changed their <laughs> logo but you know as soon as as soon as the emergency was over it's like you know it's just trying to play catch up or right going back to the way it used to be they came out of it looking worse than before, man. That's yeah. just my thoughts. SCRS, you just went to the conference for the first time, right? How how was it? Well, I did go in May. It was the oncology. Oh, okay. okay. This was this was my first global summit. So as far as SCRS goes, it was very energetic. Record attendees. So there was over twelve hundred fifty people there. I ran out of time. I there were so many people that I could have talked to. Uh, the presentations, the site, the statistics that they've showed are spot on to a lot of the things that I see in my site all the time from uh, number of days cash on hand all the way through values of AR, like number of days in AR. is just ridiculous in this industry. Uh, very good feedback, very good collaborations between uh, sites, sponsors, and CROs. They all were coming to the table. There were some conversations that were not comfortable, but I'm glad that they happened. Mm. You know, we can all come together and have a perspective. Um, I was able to sit there and, and bump elbows with the people that CROs never allow me to talk to. Right. Mm. So it's kind of like, it gives me the opportunity to finally, and time and time again, the sponsor said that said, we never hear about this stuff. Nobody ever tells us this stuff. Mm. And I tell them it's because nobody ever lets me talk to you. And so then we they oh here's my card you call me whenever you need it right so now you get the it, inside track <laughs> you do it, it it's it, it literally it's about who you know and SCRS really helped you to know the right people how did you do on your L escalator pitches 
I was reading about that. Awesome. <laughs> Escalator pitches are the best. There's like extreme elevator pitches. And I, I'd even introduce it. Go up to them and say, okay, escalator pitch, go. This is who I am. This is what I do. What about you? Okay, you want to work together? Sometimes yes. Anyone sometimes say, no, get away from me, you're weird? Or no? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it was more like, oh, okay. And then they kind of go down a couple <laughs> steps and you take a hint. But I got paid to be here, so stop talking to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know. Most, most of the people were very nice, very kind. Most people walked away with a stack of business cards and unlimited potential. Mm. Um, I'll be chewing on the networking opportunities there for a while. I think me, you, and Brad should talk like about doing a conference. Like, So in 2019, I had a, a meetup. All right, let me take it back. 2018, I was super ambitious. This conference organizer contacted me. He's been a, mm -hmm. like watching. We talked like for months, man, like multiple Zooms. We planned a conference. We ended up having a date, Orlando, Florida, in November of 2019. We pre-sold. I got humbled. <laughs> I got humbled. So we had what we ended up doing was a GoFundMe or not a GoFundMe. One of those things were like people prepay in advance, but if you don't meet your goal, everyone gets refunded, right? Oh yeah. So it was like basic, like I wanted to do for free, but he he's like, no, nah, in order, like we have to pay for the like, thing, like we need sponsor, you need some site, you need to charge. So, okay, fine. We didn't reach our goal, nowhere close to it. But the the a few months later, we did a meetup, a physical meetup for free in Orange County, California, where I'm at. Oh, nice. And I said, look, anyone can come from Guru Nation, like free, just pay for your flight, pay for your mm -hmm. hotel, and we'll have lunch. I catered tacos. We had a taco guy come, make lunch for everybody. We had presenters. It was like a mini conference all day. We had about 100 people show up from wow. all over. They flew from North Dakota, a lot of Californians, obviously, but North Dakota, like people flew from different places, Utah. And I was like, all right, that was when my platform was a lot smaller. So 2022, 23, 24. And now it's not just me. Maybe it's me, you and Brad doing something mm -hmm. like this. And now we have mm -hmm. Latinos in clinical research. I think we could mm -hmm. actually pull something off like this. You we said. need a we need a collab because I think free, but charging sponsors to exhibit and to pitch. Mm -hmm. There's a way to pay for at least the venue. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe for the exactly. admin. Yeah, that's yeah. well. We're, we're I'm a I'm the president of a nonprofit, and we've got a symposium next week. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the direction that we went. We want to make sure that the the barrier for entry is very low because mm -hmm. we want it to be there to help the community. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we have to pay the bills, so we had to find the balance. Yeah, and it's a very very good idea. I would love to. That would be great. We need to talk it over more because we maybe were close. Maybe that would be a poll to maybe yeah. get a poll. Ask, ask your LinkedIn community, say, hey, you know, who would, who would attend a conference with Dan, Brad, and Daniel? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, pick the other ones. There's some really There's a bunch of groups we can there. get involved. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. the last, oh, time, last yeah. time I just tried to do it on my own, and it worked. Like, I got humbled for the paid one. But mm -hmm. on the free one, I was blown away. Like, I didn't think people would just hop on a flight, you know. And, yeah no agenda <laughs> but we had speakers and everything like we had panel it was all panels but it was it was cool man and then covid hit so that, mm. that kind of delayed the momentum yeah. 
but well, maybe it's time to bring that, it back. You know, we'll act on that. Yeah, All let right. me know uh, how that works, and I'll, I'll be right here to help. All right, Dr. Fox. Everybody connect with Dr. Fox, LinkedIn below. Anything else we didn't say that you want to say? I appreciate the opportunity to be here, Dan. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming out and not just on the podcast, but allowing me to find you. You know, <laughs> we found, I found you. Like, I was like, how is this guy? How did I not know him? I'm on LinkedIn every day. And then there you are. Well, and now, how, how many followers, how many friends do you have on LinkedIn? A lot, but I find the yeah. ones that people comment on a lot, like Brad. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I just didn't so, know who you were, but that's because so you were did, you were not did Brad out yet. Find you? Did Brad find you or did you find Brad? It's been so long, man. 2016. No, Brad found me. Brad found me. Okay. Like 2015, 2016. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of exciting things coming. Let's let's continue this conversation. Let me know if let me know if I can help any. Thank you, Dr. Fox. Appreciate it. All Everybody right. go follow him right now. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Go follow him. Take care.